Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it. Hey, Mikey. What's up? Not much. Um, we're just we're about to record an episode here, right? Yeah. Well, I, I was just thinking we're here. About, yeah. What was that? That's why we're here. Well, yeah, because we record episodes. Mm. Otherwise, we do not speak or look at each other. Mm. Um, I was thinking for this week's episode. Yeah. We should talk about some of our favorite things, things that we like. How about that? That, that, okay, great start. Thank you. Okay, good. Will, would you be willing to hit record? Oh, uh, uh, not quite, oh, okay. but I, I will once, maybe we punch it up just a little bit. Thing, things oh. that we like. Yeah, things we like. Things things we like. What about, what about, what about, what about things that we like so much okay. that we want? more of perfect press record uh, okay yeah well uh i i feel like usually i'm the one who's really antsy to get going because i can't wait to get you out of my place yeah right. but uh what if what mm-hmm. if uh we we talk about like things you like so much that you want more of so you're willing to to pay for another little slice of it interesting like a second slice of pizza that you pay extra for huh a second slice of pizza you can do that yeah yeah that's actually news to me. Really? Yeah. You've just been assuming you can get the ones you've been having the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? No, there's a whole separate world out there where they're like, you want more? Uh, you could pay for it. See, I want to be able to pay for more of all, so many things in my life. Yeah, like Second what? slices of pizza. I love my job so much. Yeah. I'd love to be able to pay for like another. What if, what if you can go into work and like pay for a new office in there? You go pay work and you're like, I, I want to stay here for so much longer. I'm going to pay you to let me have an office. See, I think you're losing the thread here. Why would you pay work? They pay you. Oh, because I love it so much. Okay. If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, okay. That's, that, that is true. But let's go back to the pizza thing, I think. Oh, okay. Because you can get a second slice of pizza. Yeah. You can, uh, we can get more time with things we like, like, oh. uh, like, like video games. Oh, like video games. Yeah. There's or dead relatives. What? Yeah. You want to... Sp- you want to pay to spend more time with dead relatives? Are they dead currently while you're spending time with them? Hmm. Maybe you have to pay extra for them to be alive. Yeah. Resuscitate them. Yes. For extra money. Yeah. And then I'll spend time. With but them. with all the money I'm spending on this new office at work, I don't think I'm going to be able to afford the alive part. So yeah. I might, Nanny might be dead. Yeah. Nana's definitely dead still. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah. nothing we can do about that. But yeah. you know what? Since it's a video game podcast, uh-huh. we want to pay extra to have fun with the things we already like. Why don't we do an episode about downloadable content? DLCs. You mean like your favorite downloadable content of all time and my favorite downloadable content of all time? I think we have an episode. Press record. And welcome to the Retrograde video game podcast where this week we celebrate the best downloadable content of all time. Uh, my name is Andrew Basketball. With me as always is the bad boy of podcasting, Mr. Bebop himself. Mikey. And if you want to hear my last name, you're going to have to pay a little bit extra. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> we're talking DLCs today. We're talking about our favorite DLCs of all time in a little list that we're going to make together. Little list. I'm excited to do that. But mm-hmm. Andrew, first off, question for you. Yeah. Aren't we downloadable content? How so? Well, people download us and we're content. Holy shit. That's a really good point. We are DLC. I really. I am Marshall. Uh-uh. <laughs> we are Marshall. Uh-uh. We are, we are DLC. <laughs> we are DLC. You really put the D in the DLC. Mm. Depressed. Depressed. Yes. Yes. What's mean? Um, and true. <laughs> That's what made it so mean most. Like, oh, Mikey, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great. Depressed. I'm doing great. Yes. I'm so sad. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, I've, I've gotten out of bed 
for this special occasion where once a week we sit down to record an episode just talking games, Andrew. Just talking games. And if we're going to be talking about games, are there any games you're playing right now? There are. I uh, 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 There is a game that I'm playing right now. Why do you say the, with that little sheepish smile of yours? Because I've talked about it on this podcast before uh, a while ago, and I'm back into it big time. It is not Overwatch. Oh, thank Christ. You, you looked, scared the you hell out of me. You so scared, Andrew. Oh, my God. You scared the hell out of me. You looked like... like Never mind the podcast. You looked concerned. There was there was a smile to you, like a joy of going, like like a little kid that knew he did something wrong. Much like a friend that comes back and goes, "Guys, I'm back with Anita," and everyone's like, "No, oh, no. we worked on that so Don't hard." Don't you remember two weeks ago when you said Anita break from her? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> it was so charming and funny. It's great. We all cheered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's not Overwatch, but <laughs> thank you for your back concern. Into heroin. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Not heroin, hero, Harry Potter, though. Mm, yeah, you love Harry Potter. Are we allowed to like Harry Potter? Uh, I think so. Yeah. You know, so. there's a lot of art that you don't always have to agree with the artist. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Um, like Mein Kampf. I, mein Kampf, I was going to say uh, all of George Bush's paintings are fantastic. They're so good. They're so good. They're so good. Okay, can we stop kidding ourselves? They're awful. Like, <laughs> yeah. why do we do this? Where we're just like... Because it's better if he's, got, if he's painting pictures than committing war crimes. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yes, I'm completely with you. Maybe if he keeps painting, he'll take his time away from war crimes. That's it. Uh, I do, I. it does make me laugh though that we do treat him like a very stupid child. Yes. And so we're like, very <laughs> good. That was, these are good paintings. And everyone in their right mind's like, no, no, they're not. And they're like, shh, 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 shh. Let, him have have this. Same, let him have the this. The same tone is when people are like, you know, elephants can paint, right? And you look at it and you're like, I guess I can see it. Yeah, I like art is yeah, a, a wide spectrum of, of yeah. okay, <laughs> I totally get that. No, it is funny. Yeah, like we, we're doing this like George Bush, like, like he's had the worst life it was ever. Like he was born to a president. Yes. Uh, became quickly, you know, $100 million in the bank. Almost bought a baseball team. Uh -huh. Really just wanted to become the commissioner of baseball. Choked on a pretzel. To, what's that? Choked on a pretzel. Well, I'm going to get to that. That's in the oh. time. I'm going chronologically <laughs> okay. first. And then uh, had to settle without becoming commissioner of baseball by becoming the president of the United States for two terms. Uh, and then, yeah, choked on a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> what so do you think he actually would have done? If what? Like, like, like. If he wasn't president? No, would have rather done. Sorry. Oh, commissioner of baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. thousand percent. This is exactly like the Donald Trump. Like, we're, it's like he almost bought the Buffalo Bills, didn't. And then from his there on out was like, you know what? I'm going to spite all of you people. It's amazing that uh, that uh, uh, Jim Bals Balsillie Balsillie didn't end up being the prime minister of Canada. Give it time. <laughs> give it, <laughs> honestly, give it time. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, the game that I've been playing, I uh, fresh off the heels of Inscription, which mm -hmm. I, I've been singing the praises of for a couple of weeks. Uh, I realized because I tried to get into a couple other games. I talked about Marvel Midnight yeah. Suns, uh, which just didn't grab me. There's a little bit of card combat in that. But I realized I, the itch I was looking to scratch. Yeah. What, what? I'm sorry. The Midnight Suns sounds like a far right country group. <laughs> That's like, a, the, yes, it does. The Midnight Suns sound like one of those things where you're like, hey, this music's kind of catchy. And you're like, have you read up on these guys? And you're like, no. And you're like, oh, no. They've got pictures with the Proud Boys. Yeah. Got, yeah. Like it was that, um, what was the one from last week? It was there now a couple weeks ago, I think. It was that red haired uh, country singer. He's in like oh, the I forest. Saw, yeah, I saw a picture of that. And then people were like, yeah, it's great. And then you're like, have you heard anything about this guy? And you're like, no. And you're like, uh, no. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, really? Oh, no. You're like, okay, cool, 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 cool. How long do you think it would take for us to become uber famous before people uh, realized podcast? very quickly they want nothing to do with us <laughs> on a personal level? Um, we could get a couple weeks in. Yeah. There's a lot of this podcast you'd have to go through. If you found out, if you woke up tomorrow and you realized you were super famous, would you go to Twitter and and start deleting tweets? Yes. Yeah. And if you don't, you're an idiot. idiot. Yeah. I just don't understand people that just go like, I'm sure everything's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I, 
I I am very conservative in my like what I put out there, and yet I still would be like fiscally, well, fiscally conservative, fiscally conservative, <laughs> socially, <laughs> socially liberal. I would I would burn everything that I had. I would give you money to go like we need to delete every second yes. of this podcast, and you'd be like, how much? Like ten thousand dollars sounds good to me. Here sounds we go. Good. Um, yeah, no, oh, for God, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm just because I always think about because we're gonna get close to having a world leader that grew up with social media. Oh my God, and if they haven't gone through it already, because I always think about Mitchell Trubisky was drafted second overall by the Chicago Bears. And I think he got Twitter when he was 11 years old or something like that. And his famous tweet was, I love kissing titties when he was 12 years old. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I've always thought about Mitchell. I love kissing titties Trubisky (laughs) in in my head the whole time. Because you know what? It's not wrong. Pretty great, but you shouldn't write it down and say it out loud. Who is the person who's scrolling back in his timeline to find his... Tweets as an eleven-year-old. I, I I don't know, but you gotta imagine. He goes at one point. He goes, "Is this even worth it? What am I doing? What am I doing? I love oh. kissing titties. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, baby. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love kissing titties as well. Mm-hmm. I love Inscription. I don't love Midnight Suns, but yes. I do love the game that I've been fucking obsessed with lately. It's Slay the Spire. I'm back into it so hard. Yes. It has got me just by the balls. It's gotten me. <laughs> Oh, wow, it's gripping my balls hard, Andrew. It's so graphic. It's it's. Have, I, I don't remember because I know I've talked about it. I, I think I first started playing it last almost a year ago. Okay. It was like September of last year that I tried it. Put you know tens of hours into it. I, I had my Steam Deck and I had it, uh, Slay the Spire during a, a flight that was pretty long, and then a couple train rides. And I was like, this is great. And then I came back and I never really played it again. Didn't really think about it too much. I talked about it, but yeah, you did, did you ever end up trying it? No, I never did. And you spoke so glowingly of it. Yeah. But and I think it was only for a couple weeks and then it kind of, you know, as many things do, we talk about new stuff. Yep. So it kind of, kind of disappeared. But yeah, why why did you go back to it? Well, because it's a deck building card combat game and I was looking for the answer uh, to my inscription problem, which mm-hmm. was I had beaten it ah. and I, I wanted another game that was kind of like it. That's why I tried Midnight Suns. I was thinking about maybe, maybe it was the tactical element of it. So I was like XCOM 2. That didn't quite grab me again. So I was like, why not give it a shot with Slay the Spire again? I'll play one run. I'll see how it goes. I honestly feel like inscription had uh, bolstered my vocabulary of playing deck building games, knowing what I'm supposed to be looking for, understanding the the strategies of like throwing off a turn just to build yourself up for another turn. Cause there were some complicated elements in inscription that I, that were simplified in a way that I could understand and also see how much more complicated it could get. If, if the, uh, uh the move set were expanded greatly beyond what inscription could allow you to do. So I, I turned on, uh, uh, slay the spire with the challenge of trying the character who I struggled the most with because you basically you have you have st- characters quote unquote that have different decks and abilities one is like pretty traditionally like attack and defend physical attack physical defend that's it there's another one that's more of like a rogue that focuses on like discarding cards and building up turns and having these really long processes and then there was this one that was like almost sheltering different abilities that would activate at the end of a turn. So like you as the character aren't really attacking as much. And that was the one that I really struggled with. I can't remember its name. It's like the robot for people who are familiar with Slate Spire. And I did better than I had done in any other run oh, wow. just because I like it, it, it was a long time since I played the game. So that was difficult, but I understood the strategy or the thinking behind strategy in a deck building game. And then I went back to my favorite character that I played as before. I got farther than I'd ever gotten with that character as well. And I'm like, I'm hooked. This game is unbelievable. It's so, so good. That's awesome. Um, um, 
I don't know. Do deck building games interest you at all? I don't know. Maybe I just don't have enough experience with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They it's are really, intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did play uh, Building Deck Simulator, which is, of course, you just build a deck. Well, that, yeah, and, and that was the sequel to Power Wash Simulator or the prequel. Because you prequel. build the deck, then it gets dirty, and then you have to wash it. Yes, see, yeah. that's the thing. We, that's a sequel. It's a DLC. Oh, hey, DLC. There you go. Ring the bell, everybody. Ring the bell. Ring Come the bell. On. Um, but yeah, that's, some, I don't know. I, I want to play it because that and Midnight Suns, my favorite country group. I, I want to play those two <laughs> because they're both uh, deck building games, right? Yes. Yeah. So, oh man. Or, or Inscription, but I, I don't know. Like, or like Inscription, I, yes. I under, I understand the, I would, I would highly recommend Inscription over. Yeah. Midnight Inscription Suns. is number one, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Slay the Spire is great, but honestly, as an intro course to deck building, Inscription's fantastic because it's a great story. Like I said, really keeps you ingrained. It's not as overbearing. It's it's almost like the deck building is secondary at first to the story that's going on because it's very simplified. Uh, whereas um, um, Slay the Spire pretty quickly throws you to the wolves mm. and, and it can be kind of difficult. And there's yeah. a lot more strategy involved. But I, I don't know, for so long I bounced against deck building games, not not even trying to play them, but the idea of them. I was like, I don't, I don't want to get into it. I will say a couple complaints that I have about the game. So you have attacks and defense, and basically you can build up like block so that it, the only way your actual character can take damage to their health pool is if the enemy attacks through your block and then hits your health pool and your block builds up every turn. The problem is there are a lot of uh, uh, status effects that can be applied okay. by the enemy, which will really mess you up and they'll hit you whether you have block up or not. And I find that as this weird punishment for not having done anything wrong, uh, very frustrating for some reason. Okay. There should be more ways to defend against things like that. And it just doesn't seem like that's a possibility. It's it's hard to really get into detail uh, uh, unless I'm talking with someone who's played the game and I sure. can give specific sure. examples. But there's one, for, for example, where every card you play has like an amount of energy associated with it. That's pretty typical for deck building games. So it can have a three or a one or a two. Uh, those are two. Those are three numbers. Three and one and two. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. and also amounts of energy. Oh. Uh, and and you usually start off each round with three energy. So to play a one card for one energy is one, two, or three. Uh, there's a a status effect called confused, and whenever your deck shuffles, it changes the. Uh, the the amount of energy each card placed. It just completely randomizes oh. it. But you can understand that like a one energy card is one energy because it can only do so much. It's like a weaker card, whereas a three energy card is, is um, a much more powerful card. Okay. The balance of the game is thrown off completely when those numbers are thrown out. It's basically a game of chance. It's basically randomized and it's just not fun. And then there's other elements like, uh, uh, you know, shuffling bad cards into your deck and, and, and all these things happen, whether you're, you're blocking or not. And I find that very frustrating, but that hasn't prevented me from playing a ton. Last night I stayed up till this is going to, this is going to blow your mind. 1130. I need to express game. to the listener, this is like everyone else is four in the morning. <laughs> Legitimately, it is. Yeah. Like, I was so nervous when I was going to bed because I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> it is, has to be a time that you'd go, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Don't do that. Except for Mikey, that is 1130. That's 11.30 p.m. Yeah, 11.30 at night. Uh, uh, still had eight hours. No, not quite. But uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's that much like... That, that, you know, that addictive thing of like one more round kind of thing, yeah. like one more level, one yeah. more of this, one more of that. Uh, it, the game is just has me. It's it's so good. And it's so apart from those weird status effect things. And, and granted, the game is balanced around that. So I can't really complain too much about it. Uh, but I'm just fucking I'm really enjoying my time with it. Each run 
is like once you get to the point where you've got a handle of it each run before you have to because if you die you start back at the beginning with a brand new deck is like two three hours long sometimes more than that I mean, the way I play is two, three hours. So it's a little frustrating, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Give it a shot. I I, I really love the game. That's awesome. Has uh, it, w- w- when was the last game that you played that you really had that kind of like addicted, like one more game, one more thing, one more that? Oh boy, what would it be? You know, God, I'd have to I'd have to look back on it or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I Overwatch is definitely one of them. Well, Overwatch for sure. Yeah. You know, there's an addictive quality to Fortnite. these. Well, Fortnite, yeah, there's an addictive quality to like, well, okay, one more, one more, one more. I will say Fortnite is why I think I continue to play it. And thank you for bringing it up because there's a new chapter out right now. Uh, We're going to talk about it later on the podcast, but it's, it looks to be really exciting right now. I've only played a little bit of it so far, but what, what works for Fortnite isn't the need to play another one. It's the opportunity to play another one. So it's something I I could pick up and play a 20 minute game and go like, that was good. Thank you very much. Really? Uh, Because there isn't a huge grinding quality to Uh it. It's not like, you know... Um, there's no, like, I don't play, uh, the competitive thing. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think the competitive is very, uh, necessary. Yeah. Whereas something like Overwatch, I only played competitive because sure. that was keeping me in there to That's like, true. okay, I want to keep advancing. Yeah. Uh, the only way that you kind of grind at Fortnite is really to like get gear uh-huh. and skins and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can't continue to play it. So it has to be some addictive in some capacity, right? It's, it's interesting you say that though, the, the the opportunity to play another game instead of the need to is, yeah. is, is interesting. I hadn't really thought about it like that. I definitely didn't have that for overwatch. It was like, no, 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 I, I have to do one more because that game didn't feel right. You yes. know what I mean? It's like, okay, so I didn't perfect it or it was perfect. And therefore I need to play another one and ride the streak out. It's like, it's, it's the same thing I would imagine like a gambler feels yes. when they're at the tables yes. or something. And I've never been a gambler, but thankfully I'm not because I, I, I have that, ability to get completely addicted yes. to something in in a game specifically with overwatch with with slay the spire it isn't quite that bad uh but there is that feeling of like it's just so fun to play another level and i'm still kind of in the honeymoon phase with it if that makes sense yeah. so yeah. when i lose it's not like fuck this sucks it's just like okay i learned so much that time i'm going to be way better the next time yeah you know? no i get yeah. that i no, no i totally get that so they don't no, hey that sounds like that sounds like a lot of fun yeah Man. Gotta, I got to get in on one of these games at least so I can uh, share the stories with you. Would you Would you like, I don't want to put you on the spot. Okay, but you are. I am a little bit. Yeah. Would you commit to playing Inscription? That's all I have to do? Play it? Beat it. Beat it. Or give it four hours. Yeah, okay. All right. And if, if you hate it, That's fair. you hate it. Um, but I would love to have like an in-depth discussion about that game. I think it warrants it and I think you would really get into it and it would really tell you once and for all whether deck building games are like in your wheelhouse. That's true. And you said it's on PlayStation Plus, right? Yeah. 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 So, okay, you know what? Here's my solemn promise. Yay. I will play it. Andrew's gonna play it. And I'll report back uh, next episode. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll have time to do it. Sounds good. Okay, inscription. Oh, man. Exciting. I get to play a new game. It's good. It's, it's good. Uh, it, it, put it this way. Yeah. Last week when we talked about your experiences with Madden. Yeah. You seemed bummed out by I, it. I was. I was bummed out about it. And it it, it, it sucks to hear because I, I think we've all been in those those funks with gaming at, at different points in times where it feels like we're just not. I'm like, am I over games? You know what I mean? Like you just kind of find your, 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 it, you, you, your eyes really lit up when I said that. There is moments where I go, oh, um, have games passed me by? Yeah. And I don't think it's like, I, I think it, I am blaming myself. I'm yeah. not putting myself in that regard like, this whole industry sucks and I hate sure. it. No, I, there are times where I worry 
that the interests of the market have changed. Have, have There's been a fork. Yes. And they've gone one way and I went the other way. Uh, I still love playing video games, but I find less compelled by the stories that they're telling sometimes that keep me into it. So that is pretty much where I was at like not too long ago. Every new game that came out, people seem to fucking love it, like yeah. all the big releases. Yeah. And I just couldn't get on board with it. And I'm like, I just felt so cynical. And mm-hmm. I felt like this naysayer who just didn't know how to have fun. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. I finally just kind of like resigned myself to the fact that smaller games, bite-sized games, indie games with uh, a tighter to- story to tell uh, have, have interested me way more. And, you know, that's that's Hyper Light Drifter when mm-hmm. I went back to play that. Death's Door, Inscription, these, these kind of like more bite-sized 10 to 20 hour games, sometimes even less than that. Remember how much fun we had playing games like Firewatch and Gone oh, Home yeah. and Edith Finch? Yep. There are tons of those out there. And those are the games that get me excited. The AAA games just kind of don't anymore. It's just hard because when you turn on Twitter or X, as they like to call no, it now. Mike, it's very important. That you it just seems it like it's it's incredibly important. Twitter doesn't exist. People won't know what they're ta- what you're talking about. But here's the thing. What? I still type twitter.com to get to it. Does that work? It does work. Cowards. I'm like the only person who still uses Twitter more on their desktop than anything else. Well, I was the same way, but I use TweetDeck and they just made that a like only for paid subscription thing. Really? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, and guess what? My use of Twitter has gone down a thousand percent. Well, it's, I think you're not alone in that. I know. I was like, well, you made it a little too hard for me. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like it shows your attachment and lack of attachment to it too. If they make it just a little bit more difficult and you're like, no, I'm good. Is this the point in your life when you're diverging from the offer of like new social media? I, you know what? Isn't it's it? good. It's going to happen to everyone. Absolutely. Cause I don't have Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my Twitter use has gone down tremendously. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, yeah, in some capacity, like you know, it's not not that you're not that you're turning off all of your social media. I just mean like from this point on, when new social media platforms are made, do you just kind of see yourself being like? That's a good question because like I I consume TikTok, but I don't I don't contribute anything. Sure, and so there has been a few things that have come out that I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and I'll like sign up just to see it, and then I don't use it ever again. Yeah. I I wonder. Isn't it also kind of weird that social media, one of the more profitable things that in the world, and we just kind of don't create social, new social media? I think the platforms have such dominance that it's like, well, shouldn't if that's profitable, wouldn't shouldn't we create a lot of them or I something? Feel like like that? They, I feel like people try, yeah, but it's 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 you need the commitment of the majority, and mm. to get the majority to just change, that point. happens slowly over time, and I think it has to happen almost like Trojan horse style, yeah. the way TikTok did. You know, TikTok was just like a lip syncing app for the yes. longest time, and then yes. enough people had it that people were trying new things, and they opened it up, and then all of a sudden there were enough people on it to make me as an Instagram user be like, well, I guess I gotta go over I got there. To. But uh, no, I worry all the time about like what the technology is going to be that like passes us by. Yeah, that's interesting. It will happen eventually. Yeah. you know what I mean. But I, I think it's kind of like streamers where like everyone tried to do it and the only ones that really made money doing it were the ones that were there from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's where like Facebook and Twitter, you know, Twitter's not really ever made money, but uh, sorry, X. X. Sorry. X will make money. X going to give it to you. (laughs) Do you think X dies just like DMX did? How did DMX die? Well, just in general. Okay. (laughs) Oh, so eventually he died. (laughs) Just much like it's precursor DMX. Here lies (laughs) X. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, very it's a very interesting the whole thing is a very interesting story. Yeah. Uh if it wasn't so weirdly wrapped up with people's passion for pro or con a the, the owner of it, uh it would be a very interesting story of like an unbiased one. Yeah. 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 I yeah. uh I I I would rather uh not take part. And honestly, I'd rather just move away from social media. It's hard with this podcast though, because I love interacting with the fans. Yes. A lot of you guys are are out there and it's great. We've got these interactions, and I don't want to say goodbye to that community, but holy hell, those places can be hellscapes. And I don't <laughs> I don't know how a new one changes that that landscape to be honest i i i don't i, I don't know either like yeah. and, and if we did we would be billionaires so that's true uh speaking of tweet deck though andrew oh uh that now that you have to pay for it uh-huh it's almost like downloadable content for twitter <laughs> boy is <gasps> oh i see god. what you did there andrew, that's the topic of today's episode oh my god and that just happened naturally i didn't even mean to do that andrew wow that's You're so impressive. Thank you. Thank you. You're so impressive. I've learned so much from you over the years. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That ha- it almost, I was I was going to make a joke, but I'm like, no, sincerely, yeah, I think so. It almost has to be. If we didn't, what have we done with our friendship? You know what I mean? Squirreled it away. Mm. Squirreled it away. Squir- squirreled it away. <laughs> we, we power washed it away. We put little sunglasses on, <laughs> committed crimes. <laughs> It was so funny. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about uh, Detective Pikachu. Uh-huh. Doesn't that feel like another movie that just kind of came and went? Where you're like, no, really? I disagree. Uh, I think I think Detective Pikachu is one is it, that, that I just said Pikachu. I, I, did you say? Did you? Did, did what did you just say? I think you think I said Pikachu, but oh, I didn't boy. mean to. I didn't mean to. Oh boy, it's Pikachu. I I can't be anti-Semitic. Can't How my, so? Can't hate my own kind. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just I think you can actually hate I think you very much I think you can tell that to Booker T. Washington. And yeah. Very good reference. There you go. Okay, yes. It's not the only Booker (laughs) T. in my life. (laughs) In fact, not even the most important. Booker T. Washington must scream like, do the spin rooney He's like staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) Do not belittle me, please. Uh, uh, No, okay. So so, uh, let's get to it, Andrew. We've been talking about this for a long time. And I think elements of this conversation that we're about to have have come up in the in our past conversations on this podcast before dlc is what a treat when it's done right and what a what a fucking piece of shit when it's done wrong i my fear with dlc and you'll you'll see it in our list so this is not a draft we're just naming our favorite ones of all time so there might be some overlap and like always we wait for the higher person the 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 position higher on the other person's list to talk about it but we once again have not talked about it so i don't know what's on mikey's list uh my list is I don't think there's anything on there from the last 10 years. Oh, maybe really? eight, eight years ago. Really? It's because my fear is current DLCs have a lot of just like patching broken games that come on delivery. There's a lot of like- okay. Yeah, like, like, like legitimate patches. Like we are selling you a not formed game and don't worry, we'll have more to give you later and you can pay a little more for it. That's Th- atrocious. That's atrocious, but it is the modern scape of, the, of gaming, especially in the last five years, is to say, uh, most games are not finished by the time that they're released and and that sucks and we're the ones that lose for it. So I have a little bit older when it was a supplement to the game, which is saying like, did you like that game? I'm going to give you a little bit more of it. You like a little bit more of it? And you're yeah. like, yes, I do. That's yeah. kind of... That, that's... I, you're, you're right in the sense that now it seems like, especially when there's a free expansion to a game, yes. just an update uh, that patches are worked into it. Um, but I think typically what I would be looking for is like a named 
DLC. Okay. So like even Cult of the Lamb, for example. Cult of the Lamb. Uh, Cult of the Lamb was a game that I absolutely adored. Uh, at this point, I think it was last year that it came out. I think so. Um, there was an update that was made to that game. I don't remember the name of it, unfortunately, but it was released recently. It was a free update and it just added a ton more content to cool. the game. Uh, those are the kinds of things that I think are are phenomenal. And I would call that DLC as opposed to Overwatch, which just releases like patch 14.032. Yes. And that's I yeah. that I think covers more of what you're talking about. But they do bundle a lot of them in together because yep. as we've been uh, playing or as Cult of the Lamb has come out, they have also been steadily doing that. And with this new release, they also patched a lot of stuff out. So it's hard to differentiate sometimes. Oh, I, I agree with you. And I, I just, yeah, I wanted to do the things that really have left an impression on me because in some cases, DLCs, I'm going to bring this up a bunch during the thing. So I'm only, I'm putting it out there now. Yeah. DLC it, when done correctly, can change the perspective of how you play the original game. Sure. It could change how you see the original game yes. or the continuation of the second or third game or whatever it's going to be. And I think that's that's what these little slices can be. It can be an outside of the main storyline that gives you perspective or changes your uh, appreciation of the game or the characters. So that's curious. Before we get into our list, then I want to talk about what matters more to you or if both matter equally and it just matters. Mm. But But the idea of expanding the game in its current form adding context to the story or changing the the aesthetics enough that it's almost like you're playing a new game because there are all of those and then some but i think those are kind of the three yeah. major different forms of dlc apart from like weapon add-ons or something like that right which of those three do you enjoy the most typically i I realize I now play games mostly for story. Uh -huh. So insights into characters or kind of like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern version sure. of like yeah. of the game of going like, guess what these two have been up to the whole time. Yes. And you're yeah, like, yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And yeah. you're watching other things happen. Uh, if people don't know what that reference, we make that reference a lot on this. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah, yeah. It's a perspective of from the characters of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and all the main characters you can from see. From Hamlet? Uh, yeah. And you can see... Yes, I think so, right? Not Macbeth. Hamlet, yes, Hamlet. And you can see all the main characters in the background kind of doing stuff, like Hamlet, you know, the titular character. <laughs> and uh, and it's a really funny... It's like, every time they walk off stage in the play, the scene in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead starts. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. which is such a great brilliant. perspective. Brilliant. It's so good. Yeah. And so it's a lot of that in... I have a couple of those I'm thinking now. I, have, I will say, I think I have one of everything you brought up. Yeah. But I would say if I had to choose one, it is taking a new... Uh, you're getting a new insight into the game that you already like. I, I like, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think that there, I, as much as I appreciate a DLC that takes a wild swing and changes the game to be a different game entirely, I've always enjoyed most these extra little like it's it's like the extent it's 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 what a post credit sequence should be uh, in a movie yeah. where you're like that was great or like the encore a good encore in a in a concert where yeah. you're like ah, I I didn't realize this but I actually want a little bit more of that and then they come and give you like the perfect amount more that's always fantastic and if it adds additional story context as well even better okay now they brought it up yeah encores stupid S don't do them stupid don't do them. Don't do the thing where, okay, and you wave and you quickly walk off stage. The lights do not change at yes. all. Yeah. And then they kind of walk back. Oh, they're coming back. What? Because we were a great audience. No, it's because you haven't played your three biggest hits yet. <laughs> and we know they're coming. And this is insane. I've always appreciated the Bruce Springsteen thing. I've never seen him, uh, the boss himself. But I, I would have loved to because he does. He's like, I'm doing it for four hours. There's no encore. When we're done, we're done. We're walking off stage. That's another issue, though. We don't need four-hour concerts. <laughs> You know who does? Bruce. Bruce does. Or he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it feels like he's in like a speed scenario 
where he can't get the bus under 50 and he also can't do a concert for less than four hours. <laughs> What's the Jason Statham one? Torque? It's like if his heart That's drops. his heart rate, yeah. Yeah, uh, if it drops. Crank, like, crank, crank. Torque was a different movie. Torque is, I think, I think Adam Scott. Adam Scott, Scott yeah. BMX or, uh, or motocross. Motocross, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's one of those scenarios, yeah, where if he if his heart rate drops, he's like, I'm going to die. That was so. a good movie. Crank? Crank. Yeah. It honest, Honestly. Crank 2 is pretty interesting. They do like weird stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I can't believe I'm getting into you this. Can't, okay, Andrew, you can't look at me like that when I say Crank was a good movie. And then say Crank 2 was a good movie. It took what Crank started and <laughs> and just elevated the genre. It took what Crank was too afraid to do. Yeah. <laughs> it spits at the image of Crank. <laughs> sure. Amy Adams and Jason Statham. Uh, Amy Smart. Amy Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I know that? Well, there goes the name of my third grade teacher. Zoom <laughs> right out of my head. But I remember Amy Smart, them having sex in a market or That's something like that. They fuck in the street because yes. his, uh, I don't know why I said that so aggressive. You did. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's right. They fuck in the street. Yeah. These pounding puss in the street. And you're like, Jesus, Mikey, I don't Jesus. think that's how they say it. Um, uh, but yes, yeah. Sorry. Yes. I, I, I'm waiting for their criterion collection on crack, but yes. Yes. Uh, uh, of course. Uh, um, um, where, 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 I'm trying to, usually we're good at following the thread sorry. back. If James Lipton was there, he's like, uh, Jason Statham goes, is, is crank here right now <laughs> can, can i allow me to speak with crank can i get a little bit of crank oh yeah i remember how we got there because okay. there's bruce springsteen in the four-hour concerts oh uh, uh we we definitely don't need a four-hour concert no. um i always appreciate when the artist is like at the beginning hey guys we don't have an encore and then with three four songs left they're like remember guys we don't have an encore so cheer as loud as you would have cheered when we walked off stage. Just do that now because here are our three big songs. I would respect a band so much if they're like, all right, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. And they do that lazy thing and they walk off and they just leave. <laughs> they don't like, bring the lights up. No, yeah. there's like that crowd sucked. I want to be the hell out of here. Uh, let's get the hell out of Ohio or something. Uh, like that I saw a concert, uh, Father John Misty concert yep. where he didn't play Real Love Baby, his biggest song. His biggest song. He didn't play it. And at first I was like, what the fuck? And <laughs> The other part of me was like, power move. Yeah. Big power move. <laughs> I, I think that guy's got a healthy ego. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. But he deserves it. He's great. He's a great singer. Yeah. And songwriter. Oh. Often, I, the two are intertwined. Well, sometimes sometimes they're unique talents. That's they, true. Yeah. They don't stop me. Just like the Eagles. Go. Good singers. Couldn't write for shit. Right. Is that true? Other people, they, they barely wrote any of their songs. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Should have found better songwriters. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I resent that. Slam at the Eagles. Uh, okay, so let's get into it then, Andrew. All right, let's do it. Because um, uh, I, like you, have a healthy helping of each of those uh, kind of options, like yeah. the, the added context and, and all that on my list. We're going to do our top five. Um, you went first last week. Yes, I and did. And I'm going to, so I'm going to go first this time. And okay. this is, uh, we're starting at five and going to one. One mm -hmm. being the best, right? One being the best. The higher up on the list, the better, as we learned. Yeah, we keep doing this where it's like, is it lower in the list or higher? It's the higher list? on the list. It is higher. Even on the though list. it's a lower number. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so my number five. This one is one that I didn't think of until later, uh, but I, I, so I had to redo my whole list uh, to figure out a way to put it on. Okay. Ultimately, it took the fifth spot. I think a lot of people might have it higher than this, okay. uh, but I'm going with the Diablo 2 Lords of Destruction DLC oh. that came out. It was arguably not DLC because it's not downloadable. It was an expansion pack, but um, in the spirit of what DLC is, yeah. it was, that's what it was before we had downloadable content. We had expansion packs and that was this. And if you could have downloaded it, I'm sure they would have 
found a way blizzard to, to allow you to do yeah. it through Battle.net or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was essentially, it took Diablo, it added two new classes and, and uh, a full new act. So you could play the whole game again as these two new classes. You could play the new act as your other class. What a way to expand the lore, uh, the 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 playtime of it. Um, you know, Diablo is a game that you could play even without the expansion pack mm. for as long as you wanted. It was, you know, you get your end game and you build up your characters and you find better loot and all this stuff. But a couple years or so after the first one came out, a year or so after it came out, to release this and just completely open up the game, this is by definition just an extension of what you already wanted okay. and a little bit more of that. And I think it's one of the best examples of how to do that. Okay, that's awesome. See, I'm not very familiar with Diablo. Yeah. But but you're selling that, especially as a Blizzard thing, like early Blizzard, not uh, current Blizzard. Yeah. Where they were like, yeah, it's a year later. Like, do you want more of this? Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, wow, they're, like, they're still we doing this? love more of Whereas this. now it's like, do you want a new game? You're like, no, I just want more of this thing yeah, I yeah, like yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. no, I'm getting a new game. Yeah. Money, please. Money. Um, yeah, no, I I think that sounds great. I don't know. That's uh, Diablo Diablo is a huge dark spot. Did you, did you, play, so have you ever played a Diablo game? Or you never no, I never yeah. have. There, I I feel like the the premise of them has has aged a little bit poorly because every game has this element of like find loot, upgrade your gear, and all that. But at the time, especially around like Diablo two, when they moved past just the proof of concept from Diablo one right. to like really uh, uh, fine tuning it in Diablo two, was just as addicting a game as I've ever played. See, that's my problem. It's one of those things where like I've never done cocaine, uh-huh. and it's mostly because I think I. Really love it. I think I would love I think the it's shit out of it. Probably fucking awesome. Yeah. It's the same thing as Diablo. Thank Christ I never got into it. I might have never left my bedroom. The the only time in my life that I can definitively say I was unquestionably out of shape was when Diablo 2 came out. And that's that winter that I that I spent playing it, I didn't really do anything. I, I just stayed inside and then I remember track and field the next season, the next year, uh, just not being good at that stuff anymore. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is this is what can happen. You should, to have, you should have tried a potion. I should have upgraded my mana, mana pool. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Cast a spell. <laughs> I'd like to go have a little dip in the mana pool. Mm. Is there mana rays there? I was going to say that sounds like a like a like a like a bathhouse, like a, like a, a, a spring. No, like a, a man pool. Man, oh mana pool oh yeah. man pool just yeah. a spring with a bunch of naked dudes hanging out yeah or it's a pool of semen depending on which one you go to yeah sounds see good. that to me that's the manta ray pool oh yeah 100 <laughs> love those things that's like every once in a while somebody's like uh you know the ocean's salty because of all the whale semen <laughs> and you're like yeah that can't be true just, you're like eh, tell me i'm wrong you know? someone's gotta stop jerking off these whales <laughs> yeah yeah and just pointing at himself <laughs> winking you're like stop doing that all right uh, my number five. Oh, oh, sorry. I actually gave a uh, uh, additional. I just this is a little uh, little Mikey touch. Little Mikey touch. I gave uh, awards for each of the DLC. Oh, this is so. Delightful. I gave uh, uh, the most hours gained award because it just endlessly extends the the amount of time you spend with Diablo two and the before it's time award because yeah, oh. like sure expansion packs weren't necessarily new, but I think it kind of set the gold standard for what DLC would become good DLC when this one came out. Makes total sense. Uh, that's nice. That's yeah. a nice little word there. There you go. All right. My number fives is going to be me cheating a little bit because it's two games. Um, and I don't care. I don't care. But they're both from the same series. And so I didn't want to choose two DLC uh, slots from two, from two of the same series. Okay. I just thought that would be kind of cheating or something like that. Um, so my, my two, I'm going to be, are both from Bioshock. I put it at five so that because I was cheating. Yes. Uh, it would be weird if I got to one and I was like, I'm cheating. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be Bioshock Infinite's Burial at Sea and Bioshock 2's Minerva's Den. 
Um, Great. Yeah, like, it, it, you know what? Burial Sea is just perfection to me. You know, while it's not being the most interesting gameplay, and really, is it really even that deep in gameplay at all? Sure. Who knows? But for a huge Bioshock fan like me, to see Rapture, the underwater city from the first game, uh, before the fall and before the chaos started, that was just like a slice of heaven. Yeah. That was like the coolest little touch. That is the post-credit scene that you're kind of talking about. For sure. Of for like, sure. did you want to see this? Yes, I do. Even yeah. for 15 seconds, just to have a little bit is like absolute perfection for me. But to be honest, I think Minerva's Den is the more interesting of the two. Cool. Because Bioshock 2, you know, is it's a very divisive game. It's a game that some people thought was a real disappointment coming after, uh, coming after Bioshock 1 yep. and not having the developer Ken Levine working yep. on it. But some people believe it is the best of the series, which I think is... Not my opinion, but I, but I, I think those people also uh, say that Phantom Menace wasn't as bad a movie as people remember. I would agree with you. Yes. And they also think paste is a good food, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I, it's not for me. Paste? Yeah. Paste. You never, you never had like kids that eat glue. Oh, oh, I see. I hear you. Yeah. I just call it glue usually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant paste because there are food that are, that are pa anchovy paste. Yeah, sure. Tomato paste. Tomato paste. They're just, they're just eating paste. Pizza paste. That's the best. What's pizza paste? Throw it in a blender. Spread it on bread. What the fuck are you talking about? What is this? Stop saying this like I should know what this is. You throw a pizza in a blender. You actually throw a pizza in a blender? Yeah. With all the tomato sauce. And then you spread that pizza, that pizza paste on bread. That's like, that's like pizza inception. <laughs> like it's like more, put it on more carbs, then blend that together. <laughs> put it on a baguette. Um, Minerva's Den is the kind of bright spot for me. I didn't like Bioshock 2. I just thought it was too much of a departure. It felt small. It felt, you know, very different. I agree. But Minerva's Den is really maybe the most emotional impact in the whole Bioshock series, a series that is probably one of my favorite games of all time. It's just, I don't know. It's It does exactly what all DLC, DLC should do. It adds the story in a way that makes the makes you play the rest of the series differently. Yeah. It gives you a perspective onto what you thought were the monsters and you realize that they are the ones that were treated poorly. And it changes when their aggression towards you completely. Not that you're like, it's okay, kill me. But it's more that, you know, I understand uh, where they're coming from a little hundred percent. And I thought, you know, for Bioshock 2 to be at the end, that DLC Minerva's Den to be what you thought was going to be the end of the Bioshock series at yep. the time, I thought was such a nice touch to completely change how you uh, see the characters entirely. I love that. Yeah. yeah Recontextualize everything. I'm always a fan when, when games do that or, you know, like Marvel movies as well. Mm -hmm. When the villain is relatable or understandable in some capacity, you know, Guardians 3 great movie. Yeah. I, I thought great. I, you know, not as good as, as the first necessarily, but I, I thought that the villain was very underrated. Mm. The, the engineer. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, Marvel all, they always say Marvel's got a villain problem, yeah. whatever. Um, I think that, that, uh, uh, games like the last of us adding context to like why the enemy faction is the way they are mm -hmm. or, or making them seem just like human Let's beings. Let's not the way say that. too much about that just in case it comes up well, later. No, I mean, I mean in, in the game itself, in both games, you get to points where you understand why, why other factions right. are working against yes. you. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So what, Last of Us 2, I think would be the, does it does a better job of that? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. you legitimately walk in another yes. person's yes. shoes and yes. then you kind of see that kind of stuff. Did you have Bioshock? I just realized this didn't, no, no, I didn't, list. I didn't have Bioshock okay, on the list. It actually got bumped. Uh, it was, it was one of, the very close call so i'm very happy you had it it was i mean here's here's the thing you and i know each other well enough yeah. that i assumed it would be on your list so i'm like we'll have a chance to talk about it even if i don't put it on my top right. five list what would have been your favorite of those two uh probably burial at sea oh, okay uh it was it was the because i was already kind of soured on bioshock 2 when it came to the dlc i just i had my guard up a yeah. little bit too yeah. much when it came to infinite i a lot of people 
look back on Infinite as though it's like not a good game. I totally disagree with that. I really liked it. Yeah. So I felt great coming out of it. And then Burial at Sea going like, come on, that's that's all I've ever wanted to do is see Rapture in all its glory. I, I think it's like the most, it's the best version of fan service. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? Oh, okay, we'll give that to yes, you. Yes, exactly. And you're like, oh, good. And not too much. Don't let me like run around and like, you know, no, just a little slice yes. of, you know, the ballroom and stuff like that. I, Bioshock Infinite's a weird one. We'll do this on the podcast eventually, but it's weirdly overhated and overhyped at the same time. I agree. I, I think, I I think really... anytime you have one faction pulling so hard one way, the other pulls equally as yeah, hard on the other yeah. side of the rope. I, I, you know, I'm not going to say it's better than number one, but I really liked it. It's still a really good game. I completely, it did something very different, but yet at, at its core, it's very similar to number Took one. a lot of big risks and I think a, a lot, lot of it paid off. Yeah. Uh, my number four is going to be one. I don't know if this is going to be on your list, but it comes from a franchise that you've actually been playing kind of recently oh. uh, and did something that I'd never really seen done before in terms of of uh of how much of a departure it took from the source material far cry 3 blood dragon i don't have it on there but it is a, a really it was on my honorable mention it, far cry 3 was you know you're in the jungle and and you know it, it's it's the far cry formula that we know and love now yeah. uh, uh differentiated from far cry 1 and 2 but still almost like assassin's creed imbued yeah. with with far cry Blood Dragon put you put it on a different plane. It was like 80s inspired. There's laser guns. There's like techno dinosaurs. The Neon, character's yeah. different. It's yeah, it's purples and yeah. pinks and blues. Um, I didn't know that this was something that you could do with DLC at this mm -hmm. time. I was like, but that it's it's as though they just took the game engine and made a new game out of it. Right. And and that was very innovative, probably a huge risk, but it really also captured that 80s nostalgia that was kind of coming back because it, it was it was before 80s nostalgia really hit mm. uh and this was kind of at the forefront of when we started to to get back into it so blood dragon ton of fun crazy as all hell uh and uh and and i remember it being very fairly priced for what it was okay well yeah. there we go no i i i love this one this is honorable mention for me because i feel the exact same way where it's like well, this is very different, yeah, yeah. you know, but in a good way where it's still like you get a second, you know, bite at the apple kind of thing. Yep. You know, yeah. all right. Good choice. The number four there. All right. My number four this is going to be this is not going to be on your list. So I feel confident talking about this. It's going to be another game that I constantly go back to and hate myself for doing. Uh, it's going to be Civilization five. The expansion pack is Brave New World. Oh, yeah. You mentioned this before on the podcast. This is it really. So this is purely a gameplay DLC. Yeah. Where they're like. Okay, so what do you guys want? And they're like, uh, we want you to just show in a list. And they're like, okay, yeah, right. we'll do we'll do that for you. Okay, cool. Sure. And so it just opened up the world in a big way. International trade became a thing. Mm. They, the United Nations became a thing. Ugh. What a disappointment. What a disappointment. Waste of money. Oh my God. Come um, on. Yeah, like seriously. Just let us do what we want. Come on. Get out of here. Don't stand up for the little guy. <laughs> they're little for a reason. <laughs> Um, so other than that, it was a good uh, development. Uh, they had a new uh, method of winning, which was tourism, which was cool. Oh, so, cool. So like, be, this was, it's funny to explain how much civilization has changed. Uh, Sid Meier's civilization, yeah. excuse me. He'll, but also. Sid will come after you. So like, he's very litigious. Oh, no, I was going to say civilization in general. Oh, yeah. Hey, look around, right? Who, who can judge? Going pretty well. Um, <laughs> is uh, So they've added so many different ways to win. It's no longer just domination. It's no longer just military. You can win with religion. You can win with tourism. You can yep. win with all these, you know, cultural victories, things like that. And plus units, technologies, new civilizations. And it also included all the gods and kings DLZ. So adds espionage and religion, like I was kind of talking oh, cool. about. But it, it really is the difference of like, this game's pretty big to going, oh my God, this game is huge. 
And would you like if you're starting off with Civilization Civ Five? Would you just say like don't get the DLC until later, or is it better to just learn it all at once? I think if you're learning, just learn it all at yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a lot, and it can be too much. But now that you kind of like, it feels you know, uncoincidentally, it feels a lot like a board game. Sure. Where like you know you you have that horrible dreaded moment where like okay, so and they yes. open up the instructions, you're like oh my god, and you're like forty <laughs> they minutes thunk in, the tome on the table, it's like <laughs> boom. Okay, so these are fleet flurps, and you can only use them on round six to nine. And you're like, oh my God. Um, but once you learn, learn those rules, then you're like, I want to play this all night. Is it is it incorporated with the main game entirely? So it's not like it's not like I'm turning on the, the downloadable content version and only playing that, or is it like all the other So you can create a game and you can turn on whatever rules you want to apply. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. can say like only religious victory, only uh, yeah, yeah. A military victory or domination yep. or whatever they call it. You know, like, so it is really up to you to pick and choose. But so why wouldn't you start with the most choices? Sure, sure. You know what I mean? And you can always like, there are, when I was learning the game, which I still think I am, uh, <laughs> like I was like only score victory. Like I can't, I can't figure out what the hell this religion thing is. Still can't. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, your mouth to her ears. Very good. That's very progressive. <laughs> very good. Um, and so like I would do just score because I couldn't tell how somebody else was yeah, winning yeah, yeah, or advancing yeah. yep. this. And I was thinking like, well, if I just have the best civilization, I'm going to win. And then eventually you start opening up, getting wider and wider with the many different uh, choices you get. And so this one just made the game gigantic, which is kind of what it's calling card is now. It, it seems like a similar pick to my Diablo 2 pick where it, yeah. just, it just makes the game it just fleshes it out and just makes it more playable for sure. And yeah. that, that really is it. It just makes it easier to play and, and more fun in long run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number three pick does mm -hmm. not make the game more fun. It does not make the game more enjoyable necessarily. And yet it is my number three pick for my top five DLCs of all time. Why? Because it's the DLC I've spent the most money on the DLC that weirdly I got Maybe the most enjoyment out of, even though it makes no sense, it's Overwatch loot boxes. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I know it's not Holy. the story expansion. I know it's not the added context, but there was something about their, like the early days of Overwatch when the character design was paramount, the, 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 everyone was so excited to see the new skins that would come out. I would gladly throw $50 at like the 50 loot box thing when there was the, the Halloween or the, or the Christmas thing. I spent so much time with Overwatch that I was like, sure, please take more of my money. I feel like I owe you at this point. So uh, cult start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want more of my money? Okay, good. Here it is. It wasn't a cult. It was just, it made me feel better about myself. And so sue me. Absolutely. Yeah, but don't, please. But Mike, please, don't, please, don't, please don't. Please don't. Please. We are a very litigious cult. <laughs> Those cults are really there. It's that's the scariest thing about them. You really have to like first go after lawyers. Yes. And then you can start building out everything else. That's well, I think that's part of their strategy to be, to be completely honest. Yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, yeah. Overwatch. Did you ever buy any of the uh, loot boxes in Overwatch? I don't know if I ever did because I would play so much back in the day that I was getting so many. Well, but there was a time when you when you didn't have enough to like now any anything that comes out i could buy it easy yeah i'm fucking i'm fucking elon musk out there yeah i'm like deep in loot i think boxes. I, I think i own blizzard right now because <laughs> of how many loot boxes i have um, can you but, fire bobby Kotick for us 
I surprisingly no, I can't. No, no one can. It is impossible. Oh, that guy's chubby little fingers and everything. <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah, no. There was a time when I would be able to with my earned coins in game, maybe buy like one or two of the skins. Oh, okay. But I, uh, I really liked uh, uh, making sure that I got the one that I really wanted, and and uh, and I always did. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself. I'm not a big microtransaction. Uh, I'm, I'm not, not a, either. I'm except not a size for these. Wait, except for those. Except for Overwatch. It's the only game I've ever really bought. Is that true? For. One exception was there was a Fallout shelter game. Yeah. Like a, like a, almost like a Simpsons tapped out where you built a Fallout shelter. And I've probably spent like 10 bucks in that game. Oh, you know what? There was one. It was in 2K, I think. NBA 2K, excuse me. Uh, where it was like new with the, the card games, which are now synonymous with, uh, or ubiquitous with all sports games. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then you kind of, you get that thrill where you get a really good card. And then you're like, holy shit, I have like prime Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or something yeah. like that. And you're like, and then all of a sudden, now now all of a sudden like $100 in, you're like, whoa, what the hell happened? Yes. Um, I definitely did that once and then realized, like feeling so good that I like I stacked my roster with good guys. And then you play a game and you're like, okay, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this isn't the fun part. It's yes. the flipping and opening right. coins. And it's you're gambling. Like, Oh, yeah. okay. So, and then I made a rule to myself never to do that again. Yeah, yeah. I, I think everyone hits that point. Yeah. Or maybe they don't get to the point. Or maybe they don't. Right. And yeah. they bought him out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that is your number three. That's my number three. Overwatch loot boxes. Overwatch loot boxes. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. My number three is going to be The Last of Us Left Behind. Mm, nice. Uh, I don't have this on my perfect. list. Very happy you have it on your list. It This is exactly what I was talking about earlier and with Minerva's Den, but I think this is the greatest example of it. It is very light on gameplay. I think you run yeah. into one clicker. and But that's not the point of this DLC. Sure. The point of the DLC is in between, while Joel is, is in pain and, and, and suffering an injury, and if you watch the TV show, you know what I'm talking about. There's a moment where you reflect back when, into Ellie's life before she met Joel yeah. and uh, about her being a young girl. When you meet Ellie, she's a jaded, violent, and angry, per, uh, angry young woman uh, that is in a post-apocalyptic world. Sure. The le the what left left behind DLC is showing you is showing her the other side, where she is intelligent and emotional and fragile and impressionable and everything a young teenager would be, right? Or whatever, how old she is, and and it was such a great character change to see this side of her that it, for there on out, changed how you saw Ellie recontextualize the whole game. Absolutely. You realize why she's lashing out. She's lost everyone she's ever cared about. Yep. And you just, and it it really, it really made the second game so impactful knowing that this person is inside of her the whole time. It's, it's, uh, I don't think they ever got inside each other, but, um, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> they are 13 years old. Well, that's why I don't think it happened. Okay. Well, that's good. Please stop thinking about it though. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm don't, don't, not even thinking about it at all. Are you? No. Okay, good. Neither uh, of us are thinking of us about are it. Thinking about it. Perfect. Shake Moving hands. on. Yes. Um, it's it's interesting that you're that this pick is in a similar way to Minerva's done. Mm -hmm. Just recontextualizing in this case, not the enemies, but the player character or, or one of the player characters yeah. in, in Ellie. Um, also, one thing that you didn't mention is this was still at a time when gay characters in video games were very few and far between. One of my honorable mentions uh, is from an, uh, a game not too. Actually, probably from around the same year, uh, Ballad of Gay Tony. Coming up. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. I got okay. it. Good. All right. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but you, no, but that's a really good perspective. Even That was the representation of gay characters in gaming at that point. Yes. Yeah. I would say it was, it was more of a more of a punchline. Yes, exactly. Uh, isn't it funny that they're gay? Yes. Whereas, you know, Ellie's character, you know, and her, her loss and her story that she goes through, 
you just can't help but feel for the kid. Yeah. All of us have dealt with heartbreak. And and when you have nothing to rely on, when you don't have a family to rely on, you don't have a home to stay in, you don't have, you know where your next meal is coming from and you lose the only thing, uh, how much, how much a thousand times more compacted is that? Yeah. You know, and I, it's hard not to feel for Ellie. You know, you already care for her because she's the main character really. And so you're, you're, you already feel for her. And now all of a sudden there is a reason for you to, uh, there, there is, I don't know, there's like a thread at the end. Sure. That makes you, you know, why you feel the way you yeah, do. Yeah, it further human, further ingrains herself or ingratiates herself towards you. I, I also, I was surprised that the episode uh, uh, of the TV show that was based off of this DLC wasn't as good as it could have been. No, and I, I think know, a I lot of it is because the impact of finding it out was was part of it and we'd already experienced that and that it's almost like the argument of like movies and tv cannot add more to video game to really good video games that already have good storytelling the argument that i usually make that's the worst example of it where it's like it kind of just did exactly what we had already seen uh you and me having having experienced the dlc um but the reason it's not on my list is because i never actually played the dlc oh interesting i learned about it i knew about it i knew everything that happened in it um uh but but not having played it even though i respect what it did and i know how much it added to the franchise not having played it i i just couldn't, couldn't oh no that, that's totally yeah. fair and i usually try and follow that rule as well i i it's just it's so funny where i i think the argument for that i think the reason why the tv thing didn't work is because well two things you finished the game and then you had this perspective and you're like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. In. Yep. Whereas in the TV show, it was mid season. True. And then the other one too is it is the most cinematic of all the elements of Last of Us. It is literally telling you a story yeah. between two characters that talk most of the time. Yeah. And then you see it on TV and you're like, well, that's yeah. what we've been seeing. Okay, yeah, yeah, we yeah, know yeah. this. Yeah. This is not enlightening like it is in a video game. We're like, well, can you believe they're doing this? Yes. This is more like, well, this is a TV show. Yeah. I, I wonder if going back and playing it, it feels as good as it felt the first time or if it's know. just that that's become what video games are. Right. That's Whereas good that wasn't the case back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but speaking of uh, great mm -hmm. DLC for great games, my number two pick is uh, the DLC. One of my favorite DLCs of all time, obviously it's number two on my list from one of my favorite games of all time, Bloodborne being the game and the old hunters DLC being the DLC. This is another example of like, this is the perfect example of, of a good encore or or the post credits just giving you more story that does recontextualize a lot of the story that that you've heard you know from soft games are notorious for being very stingy with the lore and you really have to dig for it and every little bit of of information that they give you either through an item description or the architecture in one part mm. of the world or a different enemy that you'll find in a place that you wouldn't have expected them and how that lends itself to the storytelling and who they might be and what this place might be to have the Old Hunters DLC, which is hours of content, providing that much more information for something which at the core of, of, of Bloodborne is so important, which is the Hunter's Nightmare, uh, was was it felt like something that I just like didn't deserve. I thought I was done with Bloodborne, not done like pff, washing my hands of it, but I thought it was I'd done everything that you could yeah. do. And getting to go back into that world and play such an overwhelming amount of content uh, uh, and so, so bringing about legitimately i think it was it was some of the most enjoyable stretches of bloodborne okay. was in this dlc oh, wow. and i don't know that you can say that about a lot of other dlc no. usually it's it's always you're giving a little and taking it's it's not quite as good i think that the old hunters dlc may have been the best moment to moment bloodborne gameplay that you have 
in the entire experience. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. That's, yeah. And that's saying something. You yeah. Because like, it's because it's a great game. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. How old is that? How old is that now? Ooh, Bloodborne would have come out maybe seven years ago, something like that. Mm. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. To, for a DLC to be maybe the best thing that the franchise has done, that's a crazy... Or is well, that not what you said? I no, thought that's no, no, what you were saying. I think it's the best part of Bloodborne. Okay. I think it's, it's the okay. best. Like the DLC couldn't exist without Bloodborne, but I do think that the the say say it's six hours or so, eight hours of gameplay that you get in the DLC is the best eight hours of Bloodborne. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's pretty awesome. So number two. Bloodborne. Number two. Number two for me is going to be yes the often brought up here, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, The Ballad of Gay Tony. Yeah. Now, GTA is known for its crass uh-huh. and chaotic storytelling and gameplay. However, somehow GTA can create, you know, sympathetic, likable characters and put them through just absolute hell. Yeah. And that that exactly is The Ballad of Gay Tony. You know, it, it balances uh, these aspects in just like such an amazing way that your heart kind of breaks for them. Uh, it's a story about Luis Fernando Lopez and his best friend, a criminal socialite, Gay Tony. Hey, it's engaging. Him. It's surprising. It's heartfelt. It's an endless amount of fun. And plus, on top of that, it added a bunch of new missions, vehicles, weapons, and most of these have uh, a less realistic and more fun focus than the base game. And originally. songs too. And songs. Yeah. Right. That's a really good point. You know, it just GTA. I think it's because of the expectation it can be so subversive sometimes. Yeah. Of it, like, oh, it's so loud and it's just yelling at you and it's all the worst things. And then through there, I'm not saying like every element of it always works, but through there, you start seeing some stuff. You're like, oh, that actually kind of, yeah, wow, that's kind of touching. And it was a game I already loved, yep. you know, in the first place. And to to go back there and to revisit it and with a story that actually had some heart, that was really good. I think it is one of the best storylines. Uh, you know, GTA 4 was an interesting one. Um, I, you know, played and beat it, loved it. Um, but I don't think the story really grabbed me mm. the way that some of the other GTA storylines had. I'm talking like post GTA 3, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but Ballad of Gay Tony was unbelievable. It was yeah. so good. It was a fantastic story. Um, and it it didn't do what you would have expected, which is treat Gay Tony as a punchline. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to pat Rockstar on the back too much because no. this is still a, a franchise that is, they're, they're, it's flush with stereotypes, racial, sexual, all Absolutely. that stuff. Um, but at least they, you know, they have one arrow in their quiver that that seems to have have flown true, and it's Ballad of Gay Tony. You know, it's it's hard not to say that because we understand Rockstar to do what they do, that when they swerve and do something kind of nice and emotional, treat someone with respect. Yeah, crazy idea. God forbid. Uh, it actually goes, oh, nice. Yes. Like, I don't want to give him credit for doing that, you know what I mean? But it does work in this case because they treat him like a human being and the story is kind of sad and nice. I I, I really, I have a lot of hope for GTA 6 yeah. because it seems like they've gotten so much better at storytelling, like subtle storytelling, yeah. uh, rather than all the yelling. Like GTA 5, I've said this a thousand times, was really abrasive. Yeah. <laughs> it was so angry. Uh, and I think that if they dial it back a little bit and try to tell a more human story, uh, I would I would really like that. Yeah, I yeah. completely agree with you. Yeah, so number number two for me. Ballad of Gabe Tony. Tony. Number one for me, I think we're going to be sharing this spot. Boy, are we. Boy, are we. The the greatest DLC of all time, in in my opinion, and I think in the opinions of a lot of people. Uh, do we want to say it at the same time? Sure. Okay, one, two, three. Undead, Undead Nightmare. Nightmare. Okay, yes. yeah, I didn't know if you were going to do the Red whole Dead thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Undead Nightmare. It worked. It worked. From Red Dead Redemption, the first one. Yes. Uh, Undead Nightmare, DLC, uh, another Rockstar. Wow, I didn't try to do that back to back. But this is 
this is the one where if you would explain to me, I would think you're joking. Yes. Where you're like, you liked Red Dead Redemption. I'm like, yes. And it's like, well, it's coming back. It's like, oh, that's exciting. What's what's going to happen in this? Sure. Time? You're a zombie. Yes. It's like, I'm a zombie? And you're like, you're a zombie. And it's like, uh, okay, go on. And you're like, and what do you do? You help solve crimes and help people out. And you're like, wait, what the hell? And there are Sasquatches and there is holy water. And there is like, and there's the four horses of the apocalypse. Yes. And there's oh, I loved, I loved stumbling upon the four horsemen of the four horses of the apocalypse. Yeah. The four whores of the apocalypse is a very, you know, that's, that's a family Hugh reunion Grant for you. Going back okay, to last. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, and I racing out to get a punchline. <laughs> um, but it just, it is, it sounds so chaotic. It sounds yeah. like everything. And you just threw it in a stew and yet somehow that stew is delicious. I just, it blows my mind. And it gets the seal of, of approval from uh, 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 Price. What's, what's his name? Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Oh, really? He does the intro. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's the guy oh, who, who does the that. who does the intro. Undead uh, nightmare. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Mm. He's great. It's 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 perfect. Um, uh, and and you know, I talked about um Far Cry Three being a big swing. Actually, I forgot to give my awards for these, but oh yeah, Far Cry Three was the biggest swing award. Mm -hmm. And I think that Far Cry Three, just because it was so far removed from what Far Cry was, Undead Nightmare managed to tell a story that, like, it for all intents and purposes, it's happening in the world of of. Red Dead Redemption. It is. This story, it doesn't start with like, zombies are here, guys. It tells the story of the outbreak and then you follow it through. It's 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 so brilliant. Yeah. And what one thing we really have to stress, this came at a time before the market was saturated with zombie content. Absolutely. Before The Walking Dead. Before The Walking Dead. And, yes. and this was, I really think, one of the things from like a subculture standpoint raise the attention and awareness and appreciation for what zombie movies could be good amount of camp creepy as all hell at sometimes uh and then just uh and, and the darkness and the lightning and the uh, like the gothic nature of it it was just so good it's also chaotic in a good way like you're going down on your uh, dead horse as well you're going uh, down on your dead horse the fuck is wrong with you andrew i thought i knew you I, you know what i did learn a, a thing or two from you and it's that you're fucking disgusting Honestly, I want to I want to push back hmm. and be like, no, 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 I, I should be allowed to. No, don't do that. It, it's what I said. I said what I said and I can't take it back. Word for word, it's what you said. It's word for word what I said. So when you're going down the road on your dead horse. Okay. Uh, you could pass by a guy getting attacked and he's holding a, uh, like a, a torch. Oh, yeah. A horde of zombies might be just crossing the street. Like, it's just chaos all over the place. Yes. And... It gives you the appeal of what it would have been like if all of a sudden zombies are around. Yeah. And it's also Western types. But uh And it's it's cool too because when you do get the hordes, it's it's hard to fight them off because there's so many of them and you have like a revolver. Yeah. You know, it's it, and they're all just coming towards you in a way that, you know, there's so many there's so many interactions in Red Dead and Red Dead 2 where there's, you know, six or seven guys with guns coming at you and you just like lock on, aim up, shoot head, lock on, aim up, shoot head. And you can do that in this, but because of the overwhelming number of zombies, you could actually get overwhelmed in a way that it felt like that's how it would have to happen in real life yeah. too, where you yeah. just have to be dumb for a moment and then get overwhelmed. Yeah. And we get the great moment with the Sasquatch that we always talk about. Oh, Unbelievable. It's sad. Yeah. This is another one that was kind of like I was saying, this rock star again. So it's another one of like the Valley Gate Tony where you're like, you're going to have an emotional moment. You're a zombie and a Sasquatch is dying and you're almost going to cry. And you're like, nah, not a hope in hell, my friend. No, no, no. Exactly. And yet, yes, yes, you almost cried. I forgot that you become the zombie in that. Yeah, you're a zombie. I forgot that. Which kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because people are like, help me, get rid of these zombies. And I look dead. It's like, how do you know? Well, I'm you got good? the bandana on. You just right. reek like a rot. 
Yeah, yes, but exactly. everyone in the West did anyway. I think it opens with you trying to attack your family or something like that. Really? Oh no, Uncle no. Bill or uh, yeah, you get attacked by by yeah, and then yes. you turn into a zombie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you're gonna get the Red Dead uh, re-release. Is that coming out? Yeah, I think it was uh, just put out on uh, like PS4 or something like that. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. It's yeah. one of my favorite experiences. It's I've not. Ever. It's not a remaster. No. It's just a re-release. Well, then maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> I already yeah. have that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's HD. Fuck, Mikey, stop <laughs> selling me on this. I'm such a sucker. Such a rube. Such a rube. Well, we weren't rubes when we bought the Undead Nightmare DLC. So good. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my awards for I, I already mentioned yes. the, the biggest swing award for Far Cry 3 for Overwatch loot boxes. It's the award for the most money spent on the least <laughs> amount of content. Uh Bloodborne uh is the highest quality content and the uh the gameplay extension award. Uh the or sorry, highest quality content. Is that what I said? Uh yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, that's sure. what I meant. Yeah, well, nailed it. Well, just like what you said and meant, which we're not going to get back into. I didn't mean it. I said it. Oh, you didn't mean it. I said it, though. That's all I need to hear. Yeah. In court of law, did you say it? <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Yes, I did. <laughs> did you say these words? And I'll read them back for the yeah, court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stenographer, can you please read back? I'm like, please don't, please don't read it back. Please don't read it back. I'm guilty, I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then for uh, best uh, for Red Dead Undead Nightmare, the best standalone game and runner up for the biggest swing. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. It's just it is such a weird change to go like you can go back. It's the same map. It's uh, totally, but everything inside of it's di very different. Yes, yeah, and yet it's so good. It's, just, fun. it's like a sequel. You know what I mean? Yep. But it, yeah, really, really a lot. Of did fun. you did you have any speaking of runners up anything that didn't quite make the list? No, you know what? I chose the ones I chose, and then if I wanted to get further into it, I could have had a couple more. Did you have any honorable mentions? I, most of my honorable mentions were on your list. Okay, uh, the one that didn't make it that I think people are going to be a lot uh, very very upset about is. Is, uh, just in general, the Dark Souls DLC, okay. uh, in particular, Artorias oh. of the of the Abyss and the Lost Crowns trilogy uh, from Dark Souls Two. Uh, I think there was some really good stuff there, and, and also some Dark Souls Three. But I figured if I'm going to represent Frontsoft, I'm going to do it once. Those games mean so much to me that okay. pretty much every list we make, I just have to pick one and go with it. <laughs> one very notable omission from both of our lists is the Witcher Three Blood and yeah. Wine DLC, which everyone says is unbelievable. But I've never played it, so yeah. it doesn't have a space on my uh, on my. Uh, on I, my I knew that had to come up because yeah, everyone speaks about it so highly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, that's a that's a big omission for us. But those are. Those are our top fives. That's it. Oh, if you've got a top five, if you've got ones that we missed, please let us know. At Richard Mikey, at Richard Andy, and at Richard Pod on X. X. Gonna give it to you. But until then, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the deals. We're doing the cross chops. Um, but until then, we love every single one of you. More cross chops, more cross chops. Uh, and we can't wait to talk to you soon. My name is Andrew Baskin. With me as always, the Bad Boy Podcasting, Mr. Big Buff himself, Mikey Aaronworth. This is the Retrograde. Game over. I didn't say Bebop, right? Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. My mouth's been getting me a lot of trouble tonight. <laughs>